The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. It's time for another edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. My name is Wayne Shepherd. I'm intrigued by the title you gave today's program. The good news is the bad news may change. Well, one of the realities in dealing with cancer and a cancer diagnosis, specifically from a faith-based perspective, is we are always working from the premise of what's the good news? The promise of God's healing, the promise of God uh, being there for us. But initially and in the midst of the journey, we may get bad news. Mm. But is it possible that the bad news may eventually become good news? Okay. And so when we talk about this, the good news is, is that the bad news may change. Yeah. And there's so always I, hope. There's always hope. There's a journey and a process. And as my grandmother used to tell me, it's not necessarily the way you start, but in many cases is how you finish. <laughs> Gotta love those grandmas. <laughs> well, that's Percy McCray, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. As I said, our program today will feature an interview with a very special man. You're going to meet Miguel here coming up. And then next week, we're going to meet his wife, I understand. Absolutely. And she's going to speak from a caregiving perspective with regard to also continually walking through the dynamics of, of bad news that potentially may become good news for them. Our featured resource is Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. You can download this at our website, which is healthhopeandinspiration.com. You probably already have been there, uh, but go there again and download Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. Percy, you wrote this. Uh, thanks for your help here. Yeah, and again, the document is designed uh, to remind people and to encourage people in the fact that in the midst of a healthcare crisis, there are spiritual needs of that individual. And so we outline what some of those spiritual needs potentially can be, to know how much God loves them and certain scriptures that support that, to know God is more powerful than their cancer experience and scriptures that support that, and then to find courage and strength and to fight the fear uh, that cancer brings. These are all spiritual related needs mm -hmm. in the midst of a healthcare crisis. This document will help equip people to speak to those needs accordingly. You'll find it at healthhopeandinspiration.com, spiritual needs of cancer patients. You can download it right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE, H-O-P-E. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. So with that being said, let's turn to our spiritual nugget for today to help frame this conversation and this interview found in Romans, the fourth chapter. And we're going to read verses 16 through verses 21. And it says as follows, and I want you to listen very carefully for one specific term that we'll read here. Okay. Therefore, the promise comes by faith. 
so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations as God is speaking to Abraham. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be, which would be us, Mm -hmm. without weakening in his faith. Abraham, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead because he was an old man since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and God gave him and gave God glory being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. We're going to hear today from uh, an individual who's going to talk about the fact that he had to face the facts Mm -hmm. of his health care situation while trusting and believing God. He didn't ignore his facts. He didn't uh, uh, deny the facts. He faced the facts, but still and is still holding on to the promises of God because at the end of the day, he believes that God is faithful to perform that which he has promised on his behalf. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. And this conversation we're going to hear was recorded in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, Wayne, with me today is Miguel Ariano, who is a colorectal cancer patient, diagnosed three years ago, treating at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank, thank, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we, we want to talk about and hear your story a little bit. Of course, this show is all about health, hope, and inspiration. And uh, many people who are listening are people who have either been cancer patients or supporting cancer patients. And so uh, we want to hear your story with regard to your journey. Uh, In the introduction, uh, it was stated that you were diagnosed three years ago with colorectal cancer, and you're still basically treating for colorectal cancer today, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So uh, let's first talk about the day that you found out that you were told that you had cancer. how did that happen, and, and how did you respond when you were told you had cancer, my friend? Um, well, I went in for a, a colonoscopy. Yep. Uh, I was having some trouble, some really back back pain areas that back there, and um, I really wasn't sure what was going on because it didn't heal. You know, some of the wounds back in my mm-hmm. backside okay. was just not very, um, it wasn't responding to medicine. Okay. And so my uh, doctor, that our family doctor said, you know, you're 40 years old, but you're never too young to get a colonoscopy. So we're going to we're going to put a pin right there and then we'll pick right back up. So we want to make sure that we remind everyone of some important information about having a colonoscopy. The American Cancer Society recommends that people at average risk of colorectal cancer start regular screening at age 45. This can be done either with a sensitive test that looks for signs of cancer in a person's stool, a stool-based test, or with an exam that looks at the colon and rectum, a visual exam. People who are in good health and with a life expectancy of more than 10 years should continue regular colorectal cancer screening through the age of 75. 
for people ages 76 through 85, the decision to be screened should be based on a person's preferences, life expectancy, overall health, and prior screening history. People over the age of 85 should no longer get or receive colorectal cancer screening. Yes, correct. Yeah, I wasn't, I'm, I'm like most typical guys that don't go in for a yearly checkup for mm. anything, thinking that we're strong, yeah. thinking that we could lift X amount of weight and everything like that. And nothing's going to stop us. And so I, I'm one of the many that didn't get that those checkups. Okay. Um, regardless if there was something wrong or not wrong. I, you know, I'm one of those people. I was. Uh, where I just didn't want to hear bad news from the doctor. Got it. And what's interesting to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I have, uh, we try to uh, have a full conversation mm-hmm. with uh, rep- cross section of social, economic, cultural mm-hmm. representation on this show. Mm-hmm. And I've had, um, you know, I've had a handful of people who have represented the Hispanic community who have said to me that uh, in some cases they think that. That school of thought also may be more prevalent than not among the Hispanic culture of not wanting to go see a doc. Is that true? Is that accurate? Or can you add or can you clarify from your perspective Mm -hmm. and from your vantage point, you know, what that school of thought is with regard to getting annual checkups and seeing their physician and not wanting to get bad news or what have you? Yeah, the the, the way that I grew up as far as uh, my circle of family members was if you had something wrong with you, uh, rub some dirt on it. And then get going for okay. your day. Okay. So that was typically embedded into us at, at, at a young age. Got it. Uh, I got three brothers, so we're no no sisters. Yeah. And the the biggest thing was, it, you know, if you can continue on with a broken leg, just keep just pushing. Keep, keep pushing through it. Okay. You know? And so I think there's there is where I, in, in the Hispanic community, I can say personally, I I've had several conversations with people Good. and said that because of my being having a colonoscopy at 40 there was something not right so they went in as a precaution yep and got to see a doctor got some certain tests done yeah and uh, actually i know uh, one of my friends actually got diagnosed with colon cancer after uh, colonoscopy after i was so i'm hearing you endorse the fact that go see your physician go get your checkups and go do what you need to do even if it's the possibility of getting bad news correct okay yeah, because you got to tackle the bad news. I mean, you can't can't escape it. Yeah, you know that's just one of the things. Um, and when I got diagnosed, um, which I remember, it was on a Thursday. Uh, I don't remember quite the date. It was August. It was on a Thursday. Okay. And at my church, we have a twenty-four hour prayer. Sure. On Fridays. Okay. And so I was just like, you know what? I got this diagnosis. That's not going to stop me from praising my God. Okay. So I knew by Friday, I was just like pastor i'm gonna make i'm gonna make our prayer team and he was surprised because he was like he knew what i got diagnosed with okay the day before he's like you know you don't have to it's okay you can take the day off yeah you know, it's not a big deal but i thought it was really important to set the table for my recovery okay and the first thing was is to praise god okay so and we're going to get to that i'm yeah. gonna circle back because we okay. want to talk about obviously the power of your faith and sure. your spirituality and what sure. that means to you and what that has meant to your journey let's talk let's first talk a little bit about and we don't have to go into any specifics of what type of clinical care did you receive surgery radiation chemotherapy uh you know what you checked off all the boxes okay and so, i'll check i'll check them off <laughs> i've been uh, chemotherapy with radiation about uh three months of radiation okay 
then going back to chemotherapy. Okay. Uh, either through like an IV. Yep. And then they started me on pills. Okay. That I would take at home. And then I had surgery done as well to remove the main tumor. Okay. Because where my tumors were, uh, were, they were originally at located in the colorectal area. Yeah. Then they're also by the liver. Yep. And then inside the lungs. So you've, so again, you've, you've, you've circled the block with regard to clinical treatment and care. Uh, you've done all your clinical care at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I would assume that you were happy and are happy with the care that you received. Um, Let's talk about with regard to that, how difficult, because you mentioned in the previous statement uh, that you're part of your prayer team, which means you're a member of a local church, which means you, has, you have a, a, a strong faith component to you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there ever um, a moment of difficulty where you had to come to terms with, I'm a person of faith, I'm a man of faith, I'm on my prayer team, for goodness sake. But I need I need to now lean into a clinical medical discussion and conversation. Did you ever feel like that either of those two uh, schools of thought were in conflict with each other for you, each other for you in making decisions about next steps? You know, sometimes it does because um, there's a lot of people in with that have in the faith group. They think that don't speak it because it'll come. To yeah, let's talk reality. about it. Let's talk you know, about it. And they, and they say, and they say, you know what? That report, don't accept that report. Yep. You can't just say that. <laughs> you can't just say one hundred percent. I don't believe what you guys are getting on the CT scan. Right. Uh, my prayer team says I don't have cancer. Right. So those two two things do conflict with each other. Where you're just like, am I going to believe that I have this? Yep. It, or, or especially after. I remember getting probably six months worth of chemo and getting that first CT scan after all the chemotherapy. And I said, I, I felt in my spirit and I felt in my heart that I was like, they're, they're going to find nothing. The scan is because I've heard of people sure. saying they got a scan on Friday yep. and Saturday they were told that they don't have it anymore. Correct. So I was like, I'm one of those people. Sure. I'm one of those people. And didn't happen. That wasn't your testimony. No. And I remind people all the time, and sometimes I think I irritate people a little bit, but this is this is Reverend McCray, and I've learned this. Sometimes, Miguel, we have learned how to tell other people's testimonies, but the fact of the matter is everybody's te- testimony is unique and different to them, and we have to be very careful in quoting someone else's testimony because when it is our turn, God may have some other different directions of what is going to happen with us and how it is going to happen with us. And then that becomes our testimony. And so that's what I'm hearing you say. Thank you for being forthright about that because we talk about it on the show all the time. You're a man of faith. You're part of your local church. Uh, you know, so I'm going to just give you my quick little rundown. You know, you pray, you give your tithes, you support your pastor. You know, you do all the things. You check all the boxes mm-hmm. off. And yet your scan came back and said you had cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what we do? What do we do now? Because, see, you're talking to somebody out here who's listening to you who very well may find themselves in that situation. Let me be clear. I am not saying that I have not seen 
uh, people who have experienced divine healing mm-hmm. and, you know, bypass that whole clinical conversation. And we praise God for those testimonies. But that's not necessarily the case for everyone under every set of circumstances. Let's talk to the people who've got to walk through the process of a doctor, a CT scan, chemotherapy, radiation, surgery. That's the journey and the testimony that you're on. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I cried. I cried. I cried out to God. I cried. I cried just like I've never cried before. Sure. Because the expectation was yep. this was what was going to happen. Absolutely. And it didn't happen. Yep. So it was a punch in the gut. Yep. But you know what? It's okay to cry. It's it's okay to feel Absolutely. defeated. But then you know what? You just dust yourself off, rub some dirt on it, <laughs> and then go to the next level. Yeah, you had a little practice with that already, <laughs> didn't you? Yes. So let's talk about how you metaphorically dusted yourself off, picked yourself up, if you will. You start a clinical protocol. You are inside of a clinical environment. You are listening to and and adhering to medical procedures and processes along with still being a man of faith, Mm -hmm. still trusting in God. How are you doing today? How do you feel about your process right now, my friend? Uh, I feel like my process is going in the right direction. Good. Um, I had some several hiccups when it came to my health um, because, you know, what I tell people is that you have cancer, but you still are susceptible to colds. If you have a cold. Oh, yeah. If you have the flu. Yeah. If you tweet your back. I, I, you know, my boxes are all checked and then it happens that maybe I picked up a box. Sure. Oddly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I tweaked my back and right. everything. So you have those things on top of. Sure. That happens. Well, it's an so. interesting point that you make. And we've never we've never highlighted this point on this show is that uh, people who have cancer don't just have only cancer. There are other things that they're dealing with. And in, and in some cases, you gave a really light list. There are other, you know, there are cancer patients who have other comorbidities, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, heart disease, et cetera. So again, this can be just part of, in many cases, another assortment of things that people are dealing with from a physical and medical perspective. So very yeah. good point. Um, let's talk about your relationship with uh, your doctors and, and your care team. How supported have you felt in this clinical environment uh, with your care team and how have they treated and more importantly, how have they reacted to the fact that you're a person of faith and are you being supported in that regard? Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited uh, about my care, care team yep. because they are ahead of it. They are always like, Hey Miguel, your your next scan is is on this day. Okay, you know when you're talking about doctors and care team. Yeah, I have four. I'm under four different doctors. Okay, I have a surgical doctor that is still he's the one that removed yep. the tumor. Yep, I'm still under his care. Yep. Then there's a couple of things that after the surgery, well, your plumbing is different. Yep. And so what happens is I have a doctor for that yep. because my body is not doing what it used to do. Yeah. And so a new normal. New normal. Yeah. And then I have another care team, which is pain management. Okay. Um, sciatic nerve. Mm-hmm. I have a sciatic nerve. Yep. That's a separate team. Absolutely. All together. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, you have leg pain because of the cancer? Mm. <laughs> no. Like, no. Again, another, a comorbidity. No. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a sciatic nerve on the slip disc yeah. in my back. Right. They're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. I was like, it doesn't stop you. Yeah. You have other things. Yeah. And so I've got that team. And then on top of that, I've got my oncology team, okay. which is, and he's waiting, he was waiting in the wings since April of last year okay. 
April of last year was the last time I got chemo. Okay. And it took that long right now being in February where I actually received chemo yesterday. And along with, because that was your clinical team, yeah. I would imagine that you also have uh, nutritional support uh, if you need it and if you want it, mind-body support. Uh, spiritual support. Are, have you? Do you and are you engaging with uh, the in-house chaplains and spiritual team here? Uh, yeah, Pastor Jeff. Yeah, he's a good guy, co- isn't oh, he? Oh yeah, yeah. And he knows when I'm like when I'm actually admitted to that the area. Whereas I don't really call it a hospital. I oh. always call it the center. Okay. But here at the center, he always knows. Like he gets into my room and he's like, "I knew you were here," and I'm like, "Let's go." Let's poof. Get, let's he just get. showed up. Yeah, right? he just showed up, and it's just one of those things that. The saints are sent to this, to this center. Okay, because they respect the level. There's been a lot of times where we're like, we have to pray about that. Yeah, we have to. Pray. You know, they're like, hey, we want to ah. get, we want to get you a new medicine. Okay. We we want to try this out. We want to try this out, and we always say we want to pray about it. And that's respected and, and honored. Yes. How important, Miguel, from a patient empowerment perspective, is it to be able to say that to your care team and have that honored? Oh, it's 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 the difference between night and day. Yeah. Because what you do see is that when they see me anxious, they'll go over to me and lay hands on me. Okay. They're not afraid here here at the center. They're not afraid to show their faith either. So that what's that's helpful. You know how it's always easier to show your faith around other faith sure based yeah. individuals right exactly right and yeah. when when you're not around them you're just sort of like. Uh-huh. You, you're you, but you're not your Christian you. Right. <laughs> but then when another brother or sister come out and say, you know what, I want to lay hands on you, you're like, yes, let's do it right now. Praise God. And that's what happens here. And again, so that we can be clear, because we never want anyone to be confused about the fact that we're not talking about substituting your medical care for your spiritual care. We're talking about the marriage of those two working together as you see fit and as that's comfortable for you, but never, ever compromising your medical care. You just listed five people on your medical team that had nothing to do with your spiritual support who's there also attending to your spiritual needs as well, correct? Correct. And that's an important distinction. Having said all of that, uh, as you move forward, um, how are, what, what, what are you thinking and feeling with regard to what, what the Lord is doing with you and in you at this particular moment in time? Because cancer changes, as you said, changes your life. It changes how you see things. It changes priorities. How have things shifted and changed for you uh, as you are right now today, sir? Uh, it changes what you appreciate or what you don't appreciate. Okay. Okay. It, it comes to the forefront Yeah, where you didn't appreciate going out to – yeah, Monday night football just to, with a couple of guys okay. to see the game on a big screen TV. Okay. You know, those things are now hit and miss if I feel up to it. Now every every message is usually like, thank you for inviting me. I hope to be there. Got it. I hope to be having enough energy yeah. to do that. Um, I've got three kids, two boys and, and a daughter. Yeah. And they're they're older. They they're I've got twins that are eighteen, boy girl, twins eighteen. Okay. And my oldest is gonna be is is twenty two. Okay. So they're they're young adults. Yep. You know, and they've got their things. Yeah. You know, and then dad's got his thing. Right, right. And the biggest thing that I always wanted them is to be strong. Okay. Have my faith be strong enough. Yeah. And the way I do that is by action. Okay. You can't have faith without action right right you got to do something you got to do something faith without works is dead yeah and so i f- i feel like my job right now because i don't i don't work currently 
but my job right now is to get healthy. Okay. That's my number one priority. And with my support at my wife, my kids, my mom, my dad, yeah. all those around me. And most people say, Miguel, what do you need? Do you need do you need me to bring you something? Right. Do you need me to and I said, you know what? Whenever you think about me, even if it's two o'clock in the morning, just start praying for me. Yeah. Because I might be going through something. Right. Those fiery darts. Yeah. They don't have a, a clock. They don't say those darts are only going to be sent to you between nine and five. Right, right. Middle of the night, I could be in a lot of pain. Okay. And if somebody gets up, that's the Holy Spirit waking them up. Yeah. To say, pray for Miguel. Praise God. And that's what I that's what I soak in. Okay. I soak in the most things because even if I'm fed, you know, if somebody brings me a meal, that's great. Yep. But what happens with prayer is that it sticks to me and it stays on me. Yeah. And I absorb it to where I can fight through the things that maybe other people can't. The the best the best compliment that I ever get when people see me for the first time sure. or they say, we're here to see the stage four cancer patient yeah. known as Miguel. Uh -huh. And I raise my hand. They don't believe it. Yeah, you don't look, you don't, if I had to say the same thing, you really don't look sick yeah. at all, my friend. And that's the covering. Praise God. That's the covering that happens. Yeah. Well, as you progress and move along, what's, and you may have already answered this question, but I'll ask it specifically. <laughs> what's one thing that gives you hope? What's one thing that keeps you driving and moving forward? Um, I mean, I, it would definitely be my family, you know, holding on to them yep. and saying that I don't want my family to be, you know, on TV saying my dad was here for 45 years right. of his life and we got the best of him. Yeah. And no, I want to be 90 okay. and see my great grandchildren <laughs> around me and sure. saying, you know what? He dusted himself off yeah. for that season and now it put some dirt on it and yeah. kept it moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I hold on to that and I and I know that uh, miracles happen every day. Okay. My body just has to keep catch up to okay. my spiritual. Okay. In my spirit, I know that I'm already healed. Yeah. But the reports just have to catch up to my to my understanding of the of the healing spiritually. Today you have just heard from Miguel Ariano, who is fighting the good fight of faith right now, currently uh, battling stage four colorectal cancer, trusting and believing in the Lord, serving his local church, serving his family, but also adhering to his medical protocol. And he is standing. Uh, he is picking himself up. He is dusting himself off and he's rubbing some dirt on it and he's keeping it moving today. We salute you. We stand in agreement with you. And we believe as well that the best is still yet to come in your life. Thank you for being on Health Open Inspiration. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Back in the studio now with Percy. Thank you for bringing Miguel to us today. We're going to meet his wife, Aurora, next week. Absolutely. And we're going to hear uh, exactly what the scripture outlined that we read at the top of the show, that uh, not denying one's facts, not ignoring one's facts, you still have the ability to believe and trust in the faithfulness of the promise of God. We'll talk more with hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa. Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or you can contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. 
866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You were obviously very moved by talking to Miguel, weren't you? I was moved by talking to Miguel because of the construct of his circumstance. And that is this. What happens to us, Wayne, when we have checked off all of the boxes of our faith that we believe, we've prayed, we've asked, we have our church that's involved, uh, we've gone to our prayer meetings, and then when we get in the midst of the battle, the battle appears to be bad news. Mm. It doesn't look good for the home team. Uh, The scripture that we read helps us to understand that that was exactly Abraham's situation. Being old, God gave him a promise and said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And so the Bible says that Abraham faced his facts while still being persuaded that God could do what he promised him. We have heard from Miguel, who is telling us, despite some setbacks, despite having stage four colorectal cancer, uh, despite not getting the report that he has been looking for and trusting and believing God for, he is still encouraged to believe that potentially the best is still yet to come. So with that being said, that's why we titled the show, The Good News Is That the Bad News May Change. Mm -hmm. Just because the news is bad doesn't necessarily mean that it'll stay bad. As a matter of fact, when we are encouraging individuals to face their facts, uh, I want to give you a working definition. What is a fact? Facts are subject to change. (laughs) I'll say it one more time for the slow in the room. Facts are subject to to change. We're currently sitting in Chicago where the temperature when we walked in the door this morning was about a balmy 14 degrees. We try to be hospitable to you Floridians. Absolutely. But when I got off of the plane yesterday, it was like four degrees outside. The fact of the matter is the temperature changed from four degrees yesterday to 14 degrees today. But the fact changed in a matter of a day. May I suggest that it is possible and potential that the bad news of a cancer diagnosis may change. The question is, can we encourage and maintain the position of still believing and trusting God in the midst of facing our facts? Wow, that is so well said. Thank you. And there's more, as they say, because we'll meet uh, Miguel's wife, Aurora, as I mentioned, next week here on the program. Now, she's the caregiver in the situation. She is, and she is going to give us the, the, the caregiver counterpart to that school of thought from her perspective while also letting us in on some of her struggles as being a caregiver. Yeah, so don't miss next week's episode, and you won't miss it if you subscribe to this podcast at our website, Health Hope and inspiration.com. While you're there, make sure you grab a copy of this resource, Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. You can easily download it, print as many copies as you want, share it around with friends and neighbors, Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients, available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, you shared that testimony of Abraham as we open the program today. You want to say more about that? Yes, the father of faith, the Bible calls him. So Romans, the fourth chapter, whom we now should take our example from, Romans, the fourth chapter, verse 16 through 20, tells us, therefore, therefore, it's therefore reason, (laughs) the promise comes by faith. 
so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. You and I and Miguel is the offspring of Abraham because we are now grafted in Mm -hmm. to the family of God through Christ Jesus. Not only to those who are uh, of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. There's the promise that God made to Abraham. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. But here was Abraham's dilemma, verse number 18. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact. What fact did he have to face? That his body was good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb also was dead. Yet he did not, hallelujah, verse 20, write it down, put it on your refrigerator. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave God glory, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. That is strong. The good news is... The bad news may change. Ever thought about preaching? Ever thought about that? You know, I'm working on a new vocation. We'll see what happens in the next iteration of Percy McRae. Ah, that's Pastor Percy McRae. Percy, thank you. God bless you. Thank you for what you do at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Praise God. Go pick up your axe. We've got wood to chop and work to do. And you join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.